everyone. Thanks for checking out the Citizens Podcast. We are the high school student ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Sundays at 11 a.m. in the student wing. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you posted it on your Instagram story and tag at NBC Citizens. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy. For everybody that's here this morning, thank you for being here. I appreciate you guys. You as well, gentlemen. Um, uh, again, today we're going to be concluding our series on roots, the foundation of our faith. If you've been with us for the last couple of weeks, you guys have been here as we've done a series on the basics of our faith, really. We've looked at a few essential things regarding a Christian life. One, who can tell me the first thing that we did? First thing, a few weeks ago. Discipleship. Discipleship. What it means to be a disciple of Jesus. You guys remember that? What Jesus was saying? He said you have to count the cost, right? He, he, he challenges his followers there to count the cost and, and, and consider the implications for your life, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And then we talked about something else. What did we talk about after that? Do you guys remember? The Bible. The Bible. We talked about God's Word. We looked at the Bible to talk about the Bible. And we saw that the Bible was profitable for several different things, right? We see in God's Word, obviously, first and foremost, that it's God's Word. God, who created everything, has given us his inspired word, and we have access to it. The greatest resource we have. And last week, this one should be easy. Most of you should know this one. It's fresh on your mind. But last week, we talked about something else. Which, which was that? What, what did we talk about? Somebody else. Somebody else has already answered. What did we talk about last week? Prayer. We talked about prayer. Last week, Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. Um, a lot of us, we mentioned this last week, we say, I don't know how to pray. But last week we looked at um, the Gospels and we saw that Jesus lays out for us an example of what to pray. Not just a copy and paste prayer that we say verbatim, but he lays out an outline of what that looks like. As we consider God who is our Father, who is holy, who is sovereign, meaning he's first in our lives, above all else, that we are to glorify him. That is our purpose, as we talked about even this week on Tuesday, if you were here. And then lastly, remembering that he is faithful, faithful to fulfill his promises. And then this week, we're going to be talking about something that, in a sense, encapsulates all of those different things. It can, it can in a way, obviously, be done and should be done in isolation in, in an individual sense, right? Discipleship, your relationship with Jesus is your own relationship with Jesus. You are a disciple of Jesus. When he says count the cost, he's not asking uh, somebody else to count the cost for you. He's asking you to count the cost. And that's an individual, personal relationship. Prayer, reading scripture, those are things that we should and can do in our own time in a private, intimate conversation with God, in an intimate time where we get to spend time reading his word by ourselves. But as I said, in a way, we can also do all of those things in community, together, which is the word this morning, community. We talk about community uh, as we close this series. We're going to be looking at uh, community specifically in regards to 
the body of Christ. We're going to be looking at this ancient Greek word in the New Testament that's called koinonia, which means fellowship, sharing. We see examples of this, and we see that koinonia is our relationship not just with each other, with Jesus as well. It's our relationship with him in with each other in this sense that we one are sharing life with Jesus and we share it with one another. We see that in First John 1 and 3. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. There it is with each other, right? Koinonia amongst ourselves, amongst the believers. But then also, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We don't just share in life with each other and with Jesus, but we also share in the common responsibility that we have in sharing the gospel of Jesus. We see in Philippians chapter 1, verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, that, that responsibility of sharing the gospel is not just something that you have personally, but as a community, as a body, we all have that responsibility. Jeff, are the slides not working, Jeff? <laughs> just, just, just making sure. I just wanted to make sure. Um, Philippians chapter 3 and 10, we see that we also have a common experience in the suffering of Jesus as his disciples. We share in that experience as well. Again, Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 says this, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Right? We get to share in what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We all share that experience with one another. And I think that's the beauty of community. That's the great thing about community. One of the reasons why I think community is such a large part of the Christian life, why it's so important for us to understand the value that community has is because we have one another to one, encourage and challenge, but also to be reminded that this is not something that we're doing on our own. This walk that we're on, the life that we live uh, as followers of Jesus is not something that we're doing on our own. We have other people, the people around you in this room. One of the things that I have set out to do this year is I want to run a marathon, right? Man, well, okay, well, let me be very clear. I'm probably not going to run a marathon. I'm probably going to run a half marathon. <laughs> and I say probably. I want to, I might, I probably will, but we'll, we'll see. I'm not going to do a 5K either because that's kind of a cop-out. What? Yeah, no, I think like a 5K, like around that is kind of like a cop-out. I think the, the half marathon is like a good enough challenge. I want to prove a point to myself, but I also don't want to prove that much of a point. So I'm not going to run the marathon. I'm going to do a half marathon. Um, hey, that would be sweet. Well, maybe a half marathon. <laughs> Anyways, listen, I intend, I've, I'm desiring to run a half marathon. Anyways, I've never done one in my life. Has anybody here ever ran a half marathon 5K? Have you ever been in cross country, anybody? Okay. Okay, so you can kind of understand what I'm saying. Maybe, like me, I've never, I've never actually ran in one, but I was a part of one on the sidelines. I stood at the water table. Anybody ever do that? Ever go to a race like that? No? Okay. So, 
So I was never actually running. However, I was a part of several um, uh, back in school, and I stood there on the side, and my responsibility and my, and my job, along with everybody else that was there, was to encourage people as they passed us, was to cheer them on, right, to, to motivate them, to push them forward. And also, if they needed water, of course, to give them a cup of water. <laughs> but don't forget that very important part. But what I think is significant about that in, in comparison to what we see in community is that in the same way, in the same vein, as a community, as a body of believers, the purpose of community is for us to come alongside each other and encourage each other, to motivate each other, to, to challenge disciple one another, to remind ourselves that we are on this race and we've not arrived yet. If you look at what Paul says in Philippians, he's running this race of life and he's running towards the prize and the prize is at the end. We're not there yet. And it's good for us to be reminded of that. It's good for us to stay on, on mission as we walk through life. And for us to do that, it's important to have people alongside us who can motivate us, encourage us, and who can offer us things, give us things, help us when we're in times of need, right? And we can do the same for them. It's multifaceted. It's as, it serves as an encouragement, but also for us to realize that there are other people in this race, Right? I think of the marathon in the sense of the people that are on the sidelines, right, as a community will fulfill both purposes, to cheer them on, to supply their needs and, and help out in whatever way that we can, but also there are other participants running. It's not just you running that race, but there are, others, people, there are other people there, right? So community, again, it works to encourage us in that way. Koinonia, again, we share in that. There is fellowship within the body of Christ, Today, as we talk about this idea of community, as I said, I want to stress the importance for us this morning, specifically in this context here, the church, why it's important for us to be gathered together as a body of Christ, as, as believers coming together on a regular basis, coming together to this place or wherever it may be. Why do we do that? What is the purpose? How how should we do so? What is the attitude we should have? And as we go through a few verses today, I want to just elaborate that on that a little bit. It'll be a little bit different than what we're typically used to on a Sunday morning. Often we do an exegesis on a certain passage, but today we're going to jump around a little bit. So bear, uh, bear, bear that in mind and keep up with what we got going on on the screen. The verses will be up there for you guys to follow along if you can't flip through it in your Bibles. But um, this morning as we start, I just want to look at Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 24, really quick. Um, again, just to have us in the right mindset as we talk about community. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the days of his return is drawing near. Again, Community, we see, is a very large part of the Christian life. God intends for it to have a large place in our lives, for us to love one another and encourage others in acts of love, encourage others for good works through them, and also not neglecting to, to meet as we read here, 
right? A lot of the times we see today where people will say, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm somebody that goes and, and is a part of Maranatha or the church, but they come once or twice a year. They come for Easter and Christmas, or they come, I don't know, every other month, once. I think it's important for us not to neglect this time that we have together, that we get to meet, because this is a privilege, as we've already talked about, one that we have the luxury of having in this country. Not, not everybody around the world does. Do not forget the sense of community that we have. Discipleship, it happens within community. Discipleship happens within community as well as spending time in God's word. We, we can do that together. We can pray and worship together, and it's important for us to do that coming together, gathering together as a church, as, again, believers, as a body of Christ. And Jesus, he models that for us. Again, he's the best example that we have in the Bible of what our lives should look like, and he models for us what that looks like. Of course, for him, it was a little bit different because the church wasn't established in the way that we know it these days, but we see that he attends, if I can say it that way. It's not the church that we recognize today and how we recognize it, but he attends what at that time was the synagogues. We see him going, and we read that in Luke Chapter 4, verse 16, this is what it says. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So this is where he spent most of his life. He spent a lot of his life in this place. And he, it says here that it was his custom. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. I don't know about you, but when I read as was his custom, I don't assume this is his first time doing something, right? When something becomes customary to you, when something is uh, a habit for you, a routine, it's because you've done it so consistently. Jesus here, we see that he is not going to the synagogue for the first time, but instead he is going and doing something he has done for quite some time now, for years. He's going to the synagogue and he is reading, standing up, reading God's word. This is a pattern that we see in Jesus' life. It's a pattern, something that he regularly done. His consistent and frequent attendance is important for us to see. It's important for us to take note of because we should replicate and emulate the same in our own lives as people, as the people of God um, would at this time congregate, as he would uh, value that time that he had with them. We should also, as believers, value the time that we have in regularly being a part of what we have going on here. Now, I say that because I, I want to make it very clear. The, the, the attendance part and, and the meeting regularly, I'm sure that you guys do that on a, on a pretty frequent basis. I mean, you, a lot of you go to the same schools. A lot of you are grabbing lunch together, hanging out. You guys, I don't know if you guys still do this, but growing up, we had sleepovers, and my friends would come hang out. Nowadays, you can talk on the phone. You, can, you don't really need it because of the internet, but anyways, you guys spend time with each other. You guys go out. You guys, what, maybe play video games together. You guys are on the phone, FaceTime, and you guys are going out to eat, going to the movies, playing sports together, whatever it is. Now, that's amazing. 
And I wanna encourage you to do that. And if you're not doing that right now, please do that. Find people here and, and, and go out into the world and spend time outside of these four walls. That's important. I know because I've spent that time with you guys too, and that's valuable. That time is valuable. Doing life with each other is important, and it's part of the Christian life. But don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that that's not good and that's not important. What I'm saying is that does not replace meeting together here, spending time as a body of believers the body of Christ. As we come together, just because you hang out with so-and-so doesn't mean, oh, we've, I spent time with my Christian friends or the people from church all week long. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be a part of Sunday mornings. I don't need to be a part on Tuesday nights or whatever we do. That's the problem. I encourage as much as I possibly can for us to spend time with one another, but the time that we have here is different. It's irreplaceable, I would say. We see the value that Jesus has in spending that time with believers in that context, in that setting. It's important for us to value this time the same way and desire to be a part of it regularly. And it's not just coming to this place. It's not just this church specifically, right? I want to explain to us and be very clear what the church is. We see that Jesus, he wasn't just passionate about attending, if you could say, church. He was passionate about building up the church. When he talks um, to Peter in Matthew 16, 18, he says to Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. How many of you are in a club at school? Is that, is that still a thing? That is, right? You guys still have clubs at school, no? Right? What do you guys have? You guys will have like chess clubs, math clubs. There's what, theater, you would say that is one. Um, band, maybe one. Anyways, right? What, what happens in a club context at school, right? Those are started from an individual perhaps, somebody that has a desire to meet with other people with similar passions, no? What you do at those places is you get to do what you like doing and you get to talk about what you like. And you're coming to a place where people have a like mind, right? That's, that's really what the premise is. Now, that's not what this is. This isn't some club that we have. The church, this is not a club or a group. This wasn't created by any human, any man. The church is not something that uh, is confined by or limited and restricted to a certain group of people in a certain place, and it stays there. It's m so much more than that. When I say the church and we talk about the church, it's not even just Maranatha and the other people all over this building, but it's beyond Maranatha. It's larger than us. It's the entire called out assembly of Jesus. And what that means is that the church is God's people. It's the gathering of his children from every single generation, every tongue, from all over the world, that, that is what his institution is. That is the church. 
It's not just NBC. It's not that building right over there or this building or that building. Just the ones in the United States. But the entirety of God's family. It's believers, the body of Christ with Jesus at the head. We are the church, community of disciples and followers of Jesus. In the, only, in the early church, the people who started the church um, after Jesus' ministry here on earth, the first meeting of believers, they understood that. They understood that they were a community, the role they played, what it meant to gather together. And we read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 46 and 47 how they were blessed and they began to flourish and expand and grow. It says in verse 46, and day by day attending the temple together. Again, we see that modeled after Jesus. Again, attending day by day the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, the sense of community that we see here. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. We see here again that community is a very important part of the Christian life. And that the Lord was what these people were seeking after. That they were looking to follow him. Right? It was God's duty, we read here, to bring growth and blessing in that church. And as we read here, it's important for us to highlight that they're not looking to add to themselves anything. Simply what they were doing is seeking out God. Seeking out the Lord and building each other up. And that is what our central focus should be. We should learn from these people. We should learn from them and, 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 and approach this gathering, and when we gather with the same, same focus, I would say. The primary goal for our gathering, the main focus, the main reason we gather and we come together for whatever reason, whether it's Sunday morning here or wherever, um, Tuesday night, what we want to do, first and foremost, is to praise, honor, worship, and glorify God. Again, we've already talked about how that is our purpose. We heard that this morning, to glorify him, to worship him. And we have the opportunity to do that together. But at church, what's unique about this time and what's special about it is that we get to come as God's people and be built up in maturity in Christ. Our goal is what? To reach others with the gospel. Ultimately, we want to share the gospel and bring it to our communities. That's the responsibility, I would say, of the, the local church in their communities um, to go out into the world. Um, and the best way to do that, the best way we can accomplish that is by focusing in on sending out mature believers into the community. To equip believers, which is you guys, to go out into the world, go out into your own mission fields, you could say, and share the gospel there to evangelize, and not just to share it verbally, but to live it out. My hope, and what happens when you come here on a Sunday morning, is you are served by God, and that he strengthens you, that he is able to maybe speak to you in certain ways. And, and my hope, as I said, is that you apply those things. 
Not that you hear something this morning and then you walk out those doors and everything you just heard, you forgot. Right? We do our series. How far can you think back? Do you even remember? Is it relevant? Does it matter? I'm not saying it because personally I care, but my hope is that the Lord is speaking to you and you are maturing and you are growing and learning from it. And God wants to utilize those things in your life. We want to equip you guys so that you can go out and share your faith. And hopefully the goal is here that you mature week by week. You become more pure, more mature, and you go out into your schools. You go out into uh, your communities. You bring it back home with you to your families. And again, you live out what you're learning. You live out what the Lord is teaching you. Ultimately, the church, yes, we, we, we share the gospel. We evangelize at the church. Right? It's important for us to regularly let everybody know that that invitation is open. That at any moment, if you, if you accept the free gift of salvation, that if you desire to turn and repent from your sin, that the Lord, the Lord has extended that invitation to you and it is readily available to anybody who desires it. But if we want to reach out to our communities, the best way to do that is to send out people who understand the gospel, who live out the gospel, and, and understand what their mission is, what their purpose is, and how to do so. And we can go out into our communities and be able to share. That is why the church, that's what we do here. Right? And, and again, that doesn't take away from the fact that, yes, our goal is still to share the gospel here. It's to evangelize. Because, again, the church, our community here is not just for us. It's for anybody. The, the, the coming together that we have here, the gathering, is for all people. This is a community uh, that is not closed off to the world. I went to Florida um, last year. And I was there for a few days, and I stayed with my aunt, and she lives in a gated community. How many of you live in a gated community? Or have ever, oh, look at that guy. Man. <laughs> but you would know this. Um, well, one of the things, obviously, in a gated community is you have somebody there that controls who's coming in and out. And I went to Florida, and I was there. And when we went to go see my aunt and my uncle, we were stopped at the front, and there was somebody there, and they get your ID. They call the person that you're going to see, and they have to confirm that you are okay to come in before they let you into the community. And so for some reason, I don't know why, but my family didn't answer. So we waited there for like 10 minutes before we could even walk in or drive up to their place, but they closed us off. Now I say that because, you know, that's not at all what, we're doing here. I imagine if this was a gated community where you were stopped if you didn't have the right identification, if you weren't a believer, let's say, right? It's not the case because we're all imperfect. We are all messed up in so many different ways. Everybody here is invited because we're all sinners. 
As believers, though, although we're sinners, God no longer sees us that way, but he sees his son's righteousness in us. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's available to anybody. Again, that invitation is open. But it's not like we have a TSA here at the church where you have to have your passport identification. And let me just say, TSA is the worst thing about airports. Man, I I don't understand half the stuff they do. And I bet nobody here can tell me why. And I honestly don't, I don't even know if they could tell me why. But for example, why do I have to take off my shoes? I don't know, right? Uh, But TSA, for example, you know, they stop you. They have the right procedures. They have the right um, process. and And I value it. Obviously, I think it's kind of crazy, some of the stuff they do. But it makes sense for security purposes, but you go through metal detectors, they check all your identification, yada, yada, yada. But imagine if that was like what we had in order for you to get into church. Like if you had to be a believer, and if you weren't a believer, you were excommunicated. Sorry, you're not allowed in, right? Or even beyond that, if there was somebody in the front checking to see if anybody here was a sinner, it would be a zero church attendance day if that were the case. Because again, this is not a place for strictly perfect people. We all have sin in our lives. And we are all struggling. We all fall short in in so many different ways. But it's beautiful to see that despite that, Jesus works in our lives. The Holy Spirit works in our lives. And hopefully, hopefully you feel safe in this environment and anybody who is coming feels safe as well. That you feel encouraged to be here, that you feel safe enough to repent perhaps and turn from your sin, to make your lives right with God. My desire, and, and rightfully so, is that you feel accepted and loved here. That you understand that you are. Again, that is the purpose of our community, of our gathering. It's not to push anybody away, but to bring us closer together as well. But again, don't don't get it twisted. If there is sin in our lives, if there is things that are going on in our lives that we know about in our own lives, in our brother and sister's lives, it's our responsibility as a community as well to love them and care for them in the way that we can have conversations about those things. If we truly love and care for them as brothers and sisters, as a community, we don't ignore those things. We don't push those things under the rug, right? We don't ignore them and pretend that they're not there, but address them. Because that is our responsibility as a community here at Maranatha in any congregation for that matter. But I want us to understand as well one other thing, and that's that the church, Maranatha, and all other congregations, we are not in opposition to each other. We are not competing with each other. We talk about what we have here as a church, we're pretty blessed. We are incredibly best, uh, blessed, if I may say so, but 
what we, what we have an issue with sometimes is being incredibly consumeristic. Coming to church and being exclusively consumers. It's all about myself and what I'm receiving. But we miss entirely that the point of community is not just what we are receiving, but what we give. The gifts that we have. The service that we show others. The way we love others. We give not only to other people, but most importantly, we give to Jesus our praise and our worship. Again, the resources that we have here in Maranatha is incredible, but that's a blessing. You know, it's not for us to look at our neighbor and look at their church and be like, oh man, you guys don't have that? Wow, that's, that's a shame. Or on the other end, look at other churches and be like, man, they have this and they have that. I'm going to go there instead because they have a LED screen. Or I'm going to go there instead because they got two gyms. One gym's not enough. Or they have this, they have that. They have a bowling alley in their gym, and I like bowling, so I'm going to go there. If, if going to church and being a part of a church and being a part of a community was just about being a consumer, about what I receive, you, you would be fine just going online, looking up some incredible pe- uh, preacher, some incredible teacher who was able to teach and, and expound on God's word much, much better than I can, and you can go and listen to them. And, and that be what your idea of church is. But I want to remind you again that the church is so much more than that. Church is not just what you're receiving in a sermon. That is not just what church is. It's not just in what you're receiving, what you're consuming in that sense, but it is the coming and gathering together. And those things, when we listen to whoever, when we listen to these sermons of other, other preachers, I do that on a regular basis. And if you're not doing that, I encourage you to do that to go listen to other people, to go and, yes, consume other, um, other people's wisdom and, 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 and gifts, right? The people that are gifted, incredibly gifted in teaching. That is a blessing that we have access to those things. We have those resources. Utilize them. But, again, do not think that that is a replacement for your time here. Again, that's a pretty consistent theme that we find in today's message that those things right other things that we've talked about are great as supplements and and as additional things to the gathering of believers but none of those things can replace the actual time that we have here the the being together and sometimes we prefer those things because it's easier or because you just much rather be away from people. Maybe you hear a lot of these days of like church hurt, people being hurt by the church or something has happened and, 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 and people are bitter and, and mad. But let me remind you that the church is the body of Christ. And what are we? We are sinners. We are failed people. We fall short and so we are gonna make mistakes. 
the, the body of Christ is full of people that make mistakes. We fall short. And within that, of course, means the church will have its failures. I will do things you may not necessarily agree with or you may not prefer. And so you're, if you're totally consumeristic, if your preference is not what you receive here, you're gonna go elsewhere, you're gonna do something else, you're gonna watch online and consume whatever it is that appeals to you. But let me remind you again that that's not what it's all about. And although those things may be real, I just want to challenge you to not let that determine and, and dictate what your experience is and what your time as coming together as a body looks like. Be reminded that in the scripture that we read earlier today, it says that Jesus says that the enemy cannot and will not prevail against the church, meaning that although we are weak and although we fail at many different points, the enemy will not prevail. And we have, we have our shortcomings, but understand that Jesus sees that and, and knows that more than anybody else. And yet, what does he do? He looks at that and he still loves us. He still shows us grace and he shows us mercy, despite of our shortcomings. So uh, again, if you might hear the church is in crisis today or whatever, whatever it may be, the church has always been opposed to. It's always been against the enemy since its establishment, and yet God has promised that the gates of hell will not prevail against, and as we read last week, he is faithful to see at his promises, and he has promised that that will never happen. When we look at our time here, when we look around the world, wherever it is, we can be real with the problems that we have at church, but we should not fear them because the answers are in Jesus and his word. And we see that throughout the history of the church. We believe in the gospel, and that is why we meet. That is why we come together. That is why we are who we are. And new life, that transformative life that we receive from the gospel, is ready and available to anybody who is willing to repent and turn from their sins, to accept the free gift of salvation. That invitation is extended to all for you to be a part of the community here. And I just want to end with this. The local church is a place, or better yet, it's a gathering that as you go, I hope and I pray that you don't just show up, that you don't just come because you have to, you don't have anything better to do, you don't just just you know, whatever, drag yourself in here. But don't just show up, but I hope that you feel a sense of belonging. I hope that you are a part of what's going on here. That you value it and understand what's taking place. That as you come, you don't just receive what you prefer, but what will be challenging. Don't let your opinions and even your own human messiness or our own human messiness take away from the sanctification that takes place as a spirit, grows us more into the image of Christ. And I'll leave you with this. When we think about church and we think about coming together as a body of believers, I want us to ingrain this in our minds and understand that we are not meant to be just spectators. We are not spectators, 
but we are participants. We are partakers. Don't just be a... Don't just be on the sidelines. Don't just stand by and watch. Don't just hang out. The last thing I desire for anybody to do is just come in here, sit down, and cut out everybody else, get on their phone and shut off. But be involved. Participate in the lives of one another and encourage and love each other. That's why we come together. It's for us to glorify God together for us to mature and, and grow in our faith. And also use this as an opportunity to evangelize. Not just by bringing people here. Don't think that the only way you can share the gospel is to bring people to church, but to learn what you do learn here and bring that out into your communities as well. All right? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to meet together. Um, to come together as a body of Christ, as believers, as a community, Lord, to understand that we are not alone uh, in this race of life, this walk of faith. The Christian life is not something that is meant to be done alone. Lord, first and foremost, we have our Heavenly Father. Um, we also have other believers, several who are present in this room today. I pray that we lean on one another to help shoulder the burdens that we find in your word. Lord, that, that we are meant to come alongside others and carry those with them. That we would understand the responsibility of the body of Christ, what we are called to as a community to do. Lord, that we would cherish this time, that we would desire to be here, and that we would desire not just to come and receive and be uh, given our preferences and what we desire and what we want, but Lord, to be ready to be challenged by your word, to be ready to glorify you and to serve and love one another as well. We pray all these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. All right, guys, good morning and citizens.